0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We continue our series of sermons commentating on the rites of the Mass and their meaning. And we come to the part of the Mass right after we make the sign of the cross. And the priest turns to us and chants that most interesting invitation, The Lord be with you. And you respond back even more oddly and interestingly and with your spirit. We make that great acknowledgement. Now again, ritually, you find all these greetings in the letters of St. Paul and of St. Peter. But again, the priest turns and acknowledges that all are one in the Lord and wishes that grace which we signed ourselves in the cross to come to all, And I'll turn back to the priest and say, and with your spirit. Because they know that the priest is here not because he's got a great haircut and can do all these fantastic things. He's here because by the power of his ordination, he can say the Mass. He has the power to become an alter Christus, another Christ, and say, this is my body, this is my blood. Yes, he has given power to administrate the parish and sign checks and schedule the masses and all of that, but all of that can be taken away. What can never be taken away is his power to confect the sacraments. And that is the grace. That lays a heavy duty on him, but that's for another sermon. That is the wish that goes back and forth. And once that great divine expression has been given at the sign and the foot of the cross then the priest says that other strange thing, dear brothers and sisters. We're very used to that expression, but I mean, I am blood relative to no one in the church this morning. I know some of you better than others, because we've spent more time together, I've heard more about your life experiences, and so forth, and yet we use that intimacy of term. And you know, we don't. I don't say... Good morning, nice to see you, because we are not coming to a Jesus gathering. We're not coming to the weekly meeting of the good folks of St. Cecilia's and having a little discussion about church matters and so on and so forth. No, we are entering into the right ordering of the cosmos and the divine dialogue and our sonship and daughtership as the children of God. That's why before Mass, as I walked inside, I said, Good morning, how are you? After Mass, I'll have a coffee and say good morning and talk about the things of the day. And isn't it exciting that the Dell's girls and boys basketball team won their conference championship and the wrestling team won the regional championship and so forth? Right? We can have those conversations. It's nice. But, but that's not here. Here is, brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins so that we might celebrate the sacred mysteries worthily and well. We've signed with the cross. We've greeted one another. Now we must be honest before the Lord. Jesus Christ does a work of power, and Peter's immediate response is, Depart from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Christ gives this parable. In the temple of God, there is the Pharisee who stands and I thank you, God, that I am not like other men. I do all the right things. And then there was in the back corner the tax collector who knelt down, beating his breast, saying, Be merciful to me, a sinner. And Christ says, I tell you, that latter one was justified. That's why when people say to me, Father does it bother you? when people sit in way in the back of church, I said, No, I assume they're all just in the back there, beating their breast, saying, Have mercy on me, a sinner. We all do that moment, not to be psychologically or spiritually masochistic, but to say, I stand here before God and I acknowledge in the first place that I am a sinner. And it is in that acknowledgement, like when a centurion falls down at the foot of cross. Whatever it may be, we make that confession and it enlivens our hearts. There's that brief moment let us acknowledge our sins, and then I pause silently. Now, again, I don't know if you can recollect your whole moral life. I, pause, I breathe in and out three times. It's about nine and a half to ten seconds. So, if you can recount your whole moral life in nine and a half seconds, wow, good for you. That's why preparation before Mass is good. But if we enter into that actively, consciously, it'll bring up to our mind what we must bring to the confessional, right? The act of contrition before Mass is not the sacrament of penance. But it disposes us rightly and humbly. Any venial sins we have can be cured. And when we chant out for mercy, it is heard beautifully in heaven. And then in that deep acknowledgement, we acknowledge who we are before God. Then immediately thereafter, there is that brief pause of a breath before is intoned. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to people of goodwill. You know those first two lines are the repetition of the angelic choir at Bethlehem. The angel appeared to the shepherds and said, Yea, I bring to you tidings of great joy. A Savior is born unto you who is Christ and Lord. And a multitude of the heavenly host appeared singing, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. And then we sing that home that is an acknowledgment of the right ordering of the cosmos. You might have thought we sing the glory because it's a little Bible tune. The angels sing, let's sing what the angels sing. Well, that's true. But what it is, is an acknowledgement of the right ordering of the cosmos. We signed in the cross. We greeted one another as brothers and sisters and acknowledged that we are on the pathway to eternity. And to start that road, we must acknowledge ourselves as sinners before the merciful God. And then we're in the place to sing out the right ordering of the cosmos. Glory to God in the highest, peace to people of goodwill, praise, blessing, adoration. We say the name of Jesus for the first time in the Mass, who sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. That's why the Gloria is so rightly to be sung, because it enters into those heavenly realms. And we have sung, well or badly, but with hearts full of love, the priest cries out, Let us pray. And all fall into that moment of loving silence. Because in that moment, every Christian, having acknowledged who they are before God having sung the right ordering of the universe, and hopefully after the many movements of the world have ordered their minds aright to speak to God. Now is that great drive of the heart. All of your hopes, all of your dreams, all of your sorrows, all of your fears, all that you desire aright, all that you feel needs to be purified, whatever it may be, gets driven from your heart into the altar of God. Now, the priest pays the one voice because we do not want to have the cacophony, right? Parents of multiple children know how that is when it's petitions of their children. Mom, Dad, Mom, Dad, Mom, Dad, I need a car, I need a tissue, I need right." So we don't give into that cacophony. Instead, in that beauty of the heart, rightly ordered, we drive to the altar. And the priest speaks to God in simple words. Of course, it's different in each Mass, right? Advent about the coming of Christ, Christmas about the birth of Christ, Lent about penance, Easter about the resurrection, and so forth. On Saints' Feast Day about thanking God for that saint. But all driving to the heart of the altar. And we are only seated in the presence of God until we have done those things, rightly ordered before God, rightly ordered in our minds about the nature of the cosmos ready to hear the Word of God, which we'll talk about next week. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.